Welcome to What Could Possibly Go Wrong. I am David Webb, and this is... Your boy, Danny Phantom. And today, we are discussing Landlord. <laughs> fun, fun. So I'm not a landlord, so for those of you who are unaware, um, David is a landlord. So this will be focused mostly on getting some information from Dave and kind of getting a feel for what it's like to be a landlord in Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, so where's a good place to start? Let's see. Well, some place most people start is if they are trying to decide if they should buy a house is yes. Uh, how it is the, the, usually the first question is essentially how did I buy a house? In mm. other words, you know, how did I, someone who's young, get into property? Yeah. Um, and the answer is, you know, like most white dudes in their thirties, uh, I inherited a little bit of money. There you go. Not like my most white dudes. The answer, the answer is someone else helped me a lot. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Not trying to say that everyone gets that. Uh, <laughs> but, but what I'm trying to acknowledge there is I had a, a helping stone. Um, and, and then from there that, you know, that that's how I had the, the funds in the first place. I actually bought the property from my old landlord after a few years of being a great tenant. So, you know, it was it was partially relationship building. It wasn't all I had money. Yeah. Because I didn't. I got it with owner financing. I'm actually planning on refining it this year, which is going to be a complicated, messy project process because I'm still self-employed and it's still owner finance. So. Yeah. All of the paperwork that banks love don't doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, you know all the things that they're looking for. Yeah. So uh, I I originally became a landlord because at the time it just made sense. Yes. Uh, at, at the time I was essentially, uh, you know, I was renting a storefront here and I was living in one of my townhouses and uh, my mortgage was twice what my uh, my more my proposed mortgage was twice what I was paying for rent. But then I would also be receiving rent from three other tenants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so so you see that, and it's it's almost a no brainer. Yeah, it's like, hey, do I do I keep paying rent or do I work towards ownership? Yeah, and as as an entrepreneur yourself and someone who's self employed, I'm sure you know the value of ownership. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, it has been very helpful to to be essentially make paying my own bills. Mm-hmm. You know, every, every and more importantly, having other people uh, are also pay my bills, which is I think where where this gets complicated. You know, in any ethical or because you know the end result is most people, in, including me, uh, they I bought property to I wouldn't necessarily say make money, but sure as heck to to build wealth. Yeah. Yep. Yep. To and and. It's a comfort thing too, you know. It's it's it becomes less of how am I gonna get my rent money this week, as opposed to um, you know how do I how do I make sure that my tenants have everything they need so that they don't mind paying the rent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I I think that's a really good way to phrase it because you know a lot of and and truly honestly this pandemic has brought out you know all of the the harsh mentalities around this because it really does. You know, but the, it, it, one of my friends uh, who is, doesn't own a multi-unit property but rents a, uh, uh, rooms in his in his uh, townhome, uh, he, he told his roommates, look, if I don't get rent on the first, the, land, the uh, I don't pay my mortgage. And if I don't have to pay my mortgage, I lose my house. And if I don't have a house, you don't have a home. Yeah. And that's how he phrased it to them. Mm-hmm. And that's about as nice and direct as it can get. Yeah. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you know, I'm expected to, like... Uh, tenants not paying is a 
known cost of business. I am, you know, there's the fact of the matter is I'm committed to a bank to, well, I'm not, um, <laughs> which is actually, it's worth acknowledging. You know, everyone's like, oh, blah, blah, it doesn't affect your credit score. Like one, that means I have five years of mortgage payments that are not on my credit report. Yeah. Which is actually really, really not great. Like, <laughs> the biggest expense, the thing that looks best to banks is not being reported. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but on top of that, uh, it, it's, you know, it, it's, if I, if I don't pay my mortgage, um, it, it, you know, an elderly man doesn't, doesn't have his bills for the covered for the month. Yes. Uh, it's not, you know, some bank charges me a late fee and uh, possibly an interest hike. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it's, you know, someone is dependent on me as well. Um, so so it, it's, but, but the fact of the matter is, I am supposed to have a savings. I am supposed to pr- plan and prepare for things to go wrong. Yeah. You know, everyone talks about, like not everyone talks about, there's a lot of people on the internet who, who try to argue that landlording is, is uh, either hard work or uh, providing a service. Yeah. Any of those, if there's any validity to either of those arguments, part of that is preparing for when your tenants can't pay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a small business owner. If one of my customers can't pay, uh, you know, it's it's not really like on me to work with them. But, you know, I, I still, you know, I, with my customers, it's different. I'm give, you know, we build a trust. I'm, I'm what I'm offering them is a, a computer repair. I'm not providing housing. Yeah. They're also not committing to pay me 11 months before something could have gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, part of that's the real thing is this is a long term relationship with yeah. a few customers in the way I'm doing it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so it really is about building that trust and that formality, that that comfortability that it's like, hey, you can come to me and tell me things. And you know what I mean? Like and we can work on it if it's an issue. You know what I mean? And that's the vibe that I'm getting. Yeah, I uh, I specifically try to uh, to to to. You know, I already say to my tenants uh, early on, I let them know my mortgage is due on the 4th. If you're going to be late, it's okay. Let, uh, let me know. Uh, but 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 the other side of that is I also let them know uh, that I, I give out um, notice to quits on day 14. You know, I'll say, you don't owe your rent until the 4th because that's when my mortgage is due. Yeah. But the state, because what it comes down to is uh, it, it, Massachusetts is extremely tenant-friendly legally. Uh, and you know, the best example of that is with like, uh, is with security deposit laws. If a landlord fucks up a security deposit law in one of like seven different ways, and, and keep in mind, this is not like a, if they do something wrong, if they don't do something, the way the law says they are, they need to do it, which is like specific bank accounts with specific notifications. And like, if they miss a letter, uh, to a tenant who have been there for three years, if they don't send a, a, a letter to that tenant. In year two, with the amount of interest that tenant has gained on, which, which is like seven cents. Like, it, almost, it costs <laughs> more sometimes to mill this letter than that tenant has actually made. In, in oh, yeah. But if they don't do that, then they are in violation and autom- and that tenant is automatically entitled to three times their, sec- their, their security deposit. Wow. Yeah, I, I've encouraged so many different friends to fight this. I, uh, I, I, I it, this is kind of different because it was a commercial lease, but I got, uh, I got two thousand bucks from uh, Mark Miola of Miola's Ice Cream because mm-hmm. he uh, didn't give me back my security deposit. All I did was wait thirty days and then go for it. No contact. Yeah. He had to let me know within thirty days. He had to give me an itemized receipt of why I wasn't getting it back. Yes. He didn't. I would have automatically won. 
Yeah. I, 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 I essentially bullied his lawyer into, like, I, I forgave them for court fees, so he saved, like, $800 of the... Anyways. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's automatic, and this is some... Anyways, Massachusetts is very tenant-friendly in the ways its laws are written. If I am not careful, it is easy to, for me to fuck myself over. Yes. Which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. This mm-hmm. is a massive power dynamic. Yeah. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, most people are not aware of this on either side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's one of the... When I became a landlord, the, one of the first things I did was I read through, front to back, the tenant and landlord handbooks from Massachusetts. Yeah. It, it, it's, you know, they, they go over your rights. They tell you all of the things you should know. Yeah. And... I think everyone should take a few minutes to, to look through, it, you know, even if you're, you know, you don't have to read through the landlord handbook, but read through the tenant handbook. The tenant handbook. At it the goes least. over so many, like one of the most common bits of uh, disinformation I see around, uh, around the internet mm-hmm. uh, is uh, people saying you can't ask for a uh, uh, first, last name security in Massachusetts. I don't know where that rumor started, <laughs> yeah. but it is literally the first thing on the page. That is all they can ask for. However, pet deposits, illegal. Yeah. If anyone here who has paid a pet deposit could probably like win horribly over their landlord because of that. Yeah. Any landlord who's done doing something that is illegal, the housing court looks very, very negatively on that. I see. I see. So, so, so the inverse of that is I, you know, I'm upfront with everyone on all of my policies, but on day fourteen, I give a notice to quit based on non-payment of rent because if I don't start it then. The court doesn't give a shit whether I'm being lenient or not. The fact of the matter is, this issue starts when yeah. I officially put it in writing. Precisely, precisely. And you know, I, I, and more importantly, the first fourteen day notice to quit is is automatically cured. Like it's automatically no longer applicable if they pay their rent. Mm-hmm. So in other words, it is not an eviction. It is not anything. But then, if it happens again in three or eight or fourteen months, it's no longer. Uh, it, because if I say, you did this once before, the court doesn't give a shit if there wasn't paperwork. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, well, where's the receipts? It's it's hearsay to them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I uh, so, so the inverse of the, you know, starting out nicely is I, I also, I, I play hardball with when it comes to, uh, when, when it comes to the documentation end of things. I have to. No, yeah, literally you have to. And, you know, being like a common, a common... Thing that I've seen is is that people people that are landlords that's their job title as well like uh-huh. hey I'm a landlord and what you're saying can kind of speak to that because there is a lot of stuff that you should know and and policies and practices that you should put in place if you're trying to protect your investment and so it totally is a job it, yeah it, the real problem is it's not you know I mean like you could do this full time mm-hmm. but the, the, so the way I the way I viewed it when I when I started becoming a landlord was I, I was essentially agreeing to take a part time job, unpaid for about twenty years to not have to work a job after that. Yeah, I don't think that's the way most people go into it. But but even if you're looking at it as a part time job, you should recognize that that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's, like it it could be a job that takes between three and thirty hours a month, and uh and you have you know three. Customers. That's it. Yep. That's one of the ways to look at it. And all you have to do is keep those three customers happy. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up. Straight up. I like that a lot. I like that analogy a lot. I, it's a it's a really, like, it's, it's I don't know. What, what it comes down to is I'm really a huge fan of trying to find uh, mutually beneficial situations. Situations where, 
essentially like I like I understand that there's a power dynamic here that this is like what I'm trying to say is there there are definitely people who don't want to be landlords there's a lot of people who never want to deal with maintenance never want to yeah. deal with taxes never want to deal with so many different things mm-hmm. and then there are a lot of other people who would love to not have to worry or, or to worry less about their own yeah. by worrying about others yeah and that's essentially the the like I'm not saying that so all you know there are people who say all landlords are bad hmm <laughs> And I, I think this is, uh, like, I, of course, so, so, so I, I, I became, well, way after becoming a landlord. So, you know, I, I, this wasn't a factor in my decision. Um, but, but, but I don't think it's necessarily, you don't have to be bad. You can not take advantage of people. You can, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but, but then there's the other extreme. I had a, I have a friend who, uh, he, his old landlord mailed him a check for essentially the, the value added into his property while he was there. Wow. Yeah, he was making sure he was covering costs. And so, like, I am nowhere near financially organized enough <laughs> to be able to offer that to anyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but like, you, you know, if you keep enough records, it's technically an option. And, and like, he essentially ran it as a collective. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that that's a viable option. That's mm-hmm. part of, you know, what, what I'm trying to do uh, with, with this place is essentially find long-term neighbors. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That makes sense. And you now the the downside of that is like rent does go up. Like my taxes have gone up, yeah. but I you know and uh my my taxes have gone up. I'm gonna need to redo a roof. Like like the my expenses in this property have gone up significantly since I bought it. Yeah. Uh, and and I've raised rents here and there, but I don't usually raise rents on current tenants. Yeah. Um, which always brings like up the the weird issue of, well, what happens if someone stays for 10 years? And, and so the way commercial landlords handle this is uh, built-in uh, built rent increases. Mm. So if I was to, uh, like, so for example, at my storefront, every year the rent goes up. Uh, last two it didn't, but that's because I agreed to a, 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 a three-year lease for a higher amount. Yeah. But, you know, that's what a lot of larger landlords do is they'll, uh, you know, automatic lease incre- incre- uh, increases every year for like 4%. Yeah, because that matches taxes and whatnot, but no one leaves over you know their rent changing seventy dollars. Yeah. Um, whereas you know if I do it my way, that has to be like, hey, your rent's going up a hundred bucks every three years. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. then you're telling a a tenant who has been a great tenant for three years that they're now going to have to pay more for the exact same thing. Yeah. So what I've been trying to do is essentially renovate in between tenants. Mm. So then you know everyone's getting something newer, everyone's getting something nicer, and they are paying more than the last person, but they're not getting the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but that's not always an option, and it's also renovating is expensive, and realistically, yeah. this only works. Um, this still has to be a. The, 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 this is comes back to the prisoner's dilemma. Uh, you know, it, mm. it's a matter of uh, two people have to trust each other. Yeah. Uh, and this is not a situation that is uh, built on trust that many much anymore because there are so many large landlords. Doing things that you know entirely profit based. Yep, 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 yep. And you see, you're seeing that a lot in Worcester right now, and something that's happening rapidly in Puerto Rico as well, where it's like, it's it's like it's a business, yes, and real estate is a business, all one hundred percent. But it comes to a point where it's like, like the 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 profits, like. You can you can still be a successful businessman and profit without 
exploitation or like uh, financial, not financially harming people, but like unfair business practices. And what I, what I mean by that is going to the hood in PR and buying a whole strip of beachfront property off of people who've lived there their whole life and then throwing up a resort and casino that nobody can afford to attract, um, you know, travelers. You know what I mean? And all that is fine and dandy, but who's thinking about the people? And that and that's not necessarily a businessman's job per se, um, but it, it brings up, like you said earlier, like this ethic dilemma where um, it's like, some I, I don't even know how to phrase what I'm thinking, but it's it's like is is this right? I guess is what I is what I'm coming to is like is it right for someone who's never been to Puerto Rico to be able to buy such a mass of land and and move like a, a an an amount of people who have been there for such a time? You know what I mean? Like is that yeah? It's, it's displacing them. He's yeah. So I, I, I think it's I, I want to break down that question because mm-hmm. it's is it right? Are we talking morally? Yeah. But but then you go into to, to be able to, and what it really comes down to is like this is not a like what when it comes down to morally ethically, uh, this is a hundred percent someone putting their own whatever over everyone else's whatever. Yes. But in this case, it's someone's putting their own money over other people's home and safety, mm. and so. I have realized that when you think about it ethically, these are actually really clear cut. Yeah. We just as a society have been taught to think about this as acceptable because he's, you know, making moves or yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but then the other side of that is be able to. And um, the, it, the, the real question is where, you know, what level of regulation are we comfortable with? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't know. Do, do I want the government telling me, no, you can't do that? Never. But no. do I, but, but, but like, do I think that there should be a, this shouldn't happen if it isn't good for most people thing? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I think I sit right there with you on that. It, it's uh, once again, this is another one of those, like if the people who were in charge were honest and competent, <laughs> this would be so much simpler. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah but yeah. but the, the the question is is like is so much more complex than you know should they be able to? Exactly. Yep. Yep. I agree. Um. Okay. So okay. So let's transition here slightly. Um. So as a landlord, actually, yeah, yeah. We'll start here. So as a landlord, I'm assuming you've have you rented in the past? Have you ever been a renter? Yeah. So okay. I um. I, I rented a few rooms and I've rented a few apartments before becoming a landlord. Okay. Um, and a bunch of storefronts. Yes. 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 So. So being where you are now, would you? Do you encourage ownership? And and I know this is this is, it's like a case by case thing. You're not going to go tell Joe Schmo down the street, hey, you should buy a house when he can barely afford a sandwich. Um, but. I guess what I'm saying is as a as an entrepreneur, as a business owner yourself, um, what are some of the perks of ownership? And then what are some of the perks of, of just being a renter, I guess? Sure. Um, I mean, the, the perks of being a renter are, are essentially, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about anything long term. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think so. 
the, the, unfortunately, because of the way our, our society works economically, yes, if you can afford to buy, you always should, even if you're only planning to be there for a year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just get a condo instead of a house or, or something like that. Instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then, you know, you, you can sell it in a few years. The problem is, and the reason a lot of people don't do that is you don't know how the market's going to change. Yeah. But if, you know, if, if I was moving to Worcester five years ago when I wanted to buy a, a house and then leave... For a different house, for whatever reason, whether it's a different place, a different anything, that would have worked out really well in Worcester. Yeah. So uh, in emerging cities, yeah, always buy instead of rent, uh, partially because rental rent rent is eventually going to go up, whereas you get locked into a mortgage for a long period of time. Yeah. Um, often, not always. It's, <laughs> once again, one of those situation by situation things. Yeah. Um, but I have found uh, that so so the, my my. The biggest perk of, of renting is uh, you have so many less concerns. Yeah. You know, you, you might have a few bigger ones, <laughs> um, but but the at the end of the day, um, most things are not your problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't, but the, the you know, I, I think most, I, I see a lot of I have friends that are complaining about like roofs leaking, rats in their apartments, like legitimate things that the landlord's supposed to yeah. uh, handle. And at the end of the day, you know, the landlord being a problem is almost worse than, you know, having to worry about house maintenance. Yes, yes, um, yes. A problematic landlord is hell. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think, uh, you know, there's pro, there, there, there are definitely pros and cons to both. Um, but it seems like if both people, I don't know, it really, uh, you know, my, my, my father was huge on the prisoner's dilemma as a kid, uh, which, which means I heard about it way too many times. <laughs> And uh, unfortunately, it seems to be extremely relevant when it comes down to anything involving trust and power dynamics. You know, people have to, you know, landlords can be amazing if they're not worried about tenants trying to screw them over. And tenants can be amazing if they're not worried about landlords screwing them over. Yeah. I, I think it's worth acknowledging that in this power dynamic that the landlords are the ones who, uh, you know, have to kind of take the first role on not... Uh, on reassuring the tenants there that they're not going to be the bad guy because tenants have to, I don't know, what it comes down to is, you know, a tenant's priority is their home and happiness yeah. and a, a landlord's priority is their money. That's, you know, so, so it's, it's, I think most landlords, I, I don't really know most landlords, <laughs> I don't know what the statistic is. I, I, I think there are different types of, there are different levels of landlords. There's yeah. people like me who, you know, it's, it, it's I, I did it on the larger side because it's commercial property with storefronts. Um, but, but you know, there's so many different triple-deckers in Worcester that are owned by you know, owner, owner, owner occupied. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that is a really great viable way to do it of essentially, you know, you have to pick your, uh, you have to pick good long-term neighbors or be willing to constantly replace your neighbors. Yeah. But if, if, you know, the, you know, the other thing is when I bought this property, I knew I was going to need to fix almost everything. Like I was yeah. planning on having it for at least two decades. You know, it doesn't matter. The real question isn't, am I going to need to replace the roof? No, the real boring. question is, yeah, yeah. exactly. The, the real question is when and can I afford it on the timeline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, it's a lot of risk, but uh, the fact of the matter is I was planning on re- doing all of these repairs anyways. Mm-hmm. Like all of these things are going to have to happen. The real thing is just so, so in other words my plan makes sense because i bought a place that i can and will maintain 
And then as I increase the value of it, I can increase rents along with that. Yes. Whereas a lot of people just just charge more because they can. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yep, 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 yep. That makes a lot of sense. And the, the because they can is a whole other thing. It's, you know, it, the, this market is uh, a real estate agent uh, friend who, who uh, we should probably have on the show at one point said to me the other day how uh, there are a bunch of houses in Worcester, triple deckers, that just sold for near 500000 mm. And now that's not that big of a deal within itself. Like, obviously, yes, holy crap, these things that were 300000 like two years ago. Literally two years. Yeah. yeah uh, are now 200000 more. Um, it's not just that. In three months, when those things close and hit, uh, are now the comparables, that means all of the others are going to be at that. Yes. And then rents really go up. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, it, it, but, but the fact that everything is comparable, it's like that, you know, all, all of these things, all of these metrics are controlled by people with far more, like, like none of these things are actually tenant problems at this level. Yeah. Like, like the tenants, the real problem is that the tenants have, don't have any say in, you know, market, uh, like market conditions. Yep. Uh, besides where they choose to live, which is not really a choice these days. Like, yeah, like yeah, if I, yeah. if I want I would love to say, okay, wait a second. We could totally control the Worcester economy. We just all have to move out of Worcester. And everyone's like, wait, what? <laughs> that, that just wouldn't, it just, there's, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So, uh, I, I'm sorry. We were talking about, like, <laughs> you got, got sidetracked and got back yeah. again. No, that's but, good. That's good. Um, we, we were talking about uh, whether living versus renting. Um, honestly, yeah, if someone, it's really a matter of if you can afford to rent, I mean, afford to, because that's, that's the real way to look at it is, is uh, recognize that there are lots of costs to renting. Mm-hmm. There are also lots of costs to owning, um, but it's really just a pros and cons of which costs you want to worry about. Yeah. Um, and because, you know, renting, it, you know, like, even if you can afford to buy, you might just want to rent from a nicer place. Yeah. You, you might just want to rent from a place that was built last year instead, and then you have the nice things and don't want to have to, and I don't know, but then you don't have to be, you know, no, there are some people who don't like being tied into a mortgage. Mm-hmm. Now, on my end, you know, that's no big deal because you can just sell it, but I think the same, but, you know, I realize most people don't have that attitude about, about things in their life. Yes. You know, they, they, no one buys a car and is like, I know I can just sell this when I'm not happy with it. Yep. You know, I, when I buy a car, I'm like, I'm going to sell this in about five years, so I'm going to make these decisions accordingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most people, you know, five years down the road, they're like, but I've had this car for five years. Yeah, <laughs> but it's such low miles. Why would I sell it? Right. So, so the thought of moving into a house and then selling it in two years is scary and silly and stupid to a lot of people. Yeah. But you should recognize what... You know, like the the answer to your question is, um, it objectively makes more sense to buy most of the time. Yeah. Um, just because of 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 how essentially interest and everything else comes down to. On the other hand, here's here's a contrast. When I so when when I wasn't living here after after buying this property, if I was to move out of here, what would I do? Mm-hmm. Renting a room has been one of the smartest life choices I have made on yeah. so many different occasions. Where you can find places that are all included because, and this one, this is this is you know Haley was mentioning squishmolds earlier. Yeah. The reason I'm excited for them to learn about this is because they're about to go and like learn about the mark, mar- learn about the market. They're going to learn that like some people pay more because of this and pay less because of this, and uh, you know, but but what it really comes down to is. 
Even though that Squish one might be worth 70 bucks because that's what it's going for on Amazon and eBay, someone else is selling it for 20 because they paid $10 for it and yeah. they're just going through their collection. Exactly. Um, and it's the same thing with laptops. It's the same, it's the same thing with houses. The problem is everyone knows all the values of all of these things. Yes. yes and yes. The, the housing market is, of course, you know, very, very weird and controlled yeah. by, you know, itself. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but the, but when it comes to, uh, buying versus selling, uh, buying, uh, is, sorry, buying versus renting, buying does seem to, um, unfortunately always end up making more sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. That being said, one of the, the questions you wanted to ask me was whether it was uh, as lucrative. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. So, right that. so I, I honestly, it does depend on how you do it. The way I'm doing it, uh, I'm not making much money. Uh, in fact, long term, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm necessarily losing money, but I'm also not worrying about rent right now. Yeah. Um, so lucrative is a subjective term. Yeah. Uh, yeah if yeah. I'm becoming a landlord to make money, I would not do it the way I am doing it. I would certainly not live here. Yes. I could find a place for. Uh, it, it would actually not make sense to live in Worcester, uh, <laughs> in my in my current thing. I could rent out all of my units, rent out all my storefronts, and GTFO. Yeah. Um, and I would make, uh, you know, a, a, a about a part time job. Yeah. Um. So is it as lucrative? Not the way I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, the the real way to to do it, if you wanted to like put as little in but make as much as possible long term, is get like three units and then you know you're you're making profit on the third unit from each yes 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 and you know the, the problem is essentially you know property is one of those things where once you get into it's scalable it's easily scalable mm-hmm. if the you know the same exact you you mentioned practices and whatnot mm-hmm. if i if i was more systematic about everything i'm doing mm-hmm. and then i did that for three units sorry three buildings instead of just three units mm-hmm. uh it would without a single doubt uh you know, you know, it would everything would would kind of be the same exact procedure just for more. Yeah. So a lot of small landlords turn into property management companies because once you you know get to two or three companies, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so it, it can be lucrative. Uh, mm-hmm. It just has to be done right. And then, but but then the other side of it is, you know, like if I if I screw up a, a, a laptop, uh, we might have to replace a computer. That's like five hundred bucks. You know, that's we we can make that in five repairs. Five repairs versus, you know, one big fuck up. If we, you know, evicting a tenant if some or, or uh, renovating a unit after it was damaged, one month's rent, it, it, it could be, you know, it could be a year worth of a tenant. Yeah. So that's the, that's the other side of this risk. Yes. Or, you know, real estate values change and in two years your property is actually worth less. That's yes. something people have to be concerned about. Uh-huh. Something I thankfully, you know, didn't work, didn't run into, but many people do. Mm-hmm. There's also probably people who bought a property last year and in three years it might not be worth as much as it is now in Worcester. Yep, yep. That's very true. But uh, if you buy it for the long term, uh, like I did, uh, then it, it essentially on a long enough timeline it always makes sense. Yeah. Um, but if you, but, you know, don't have control over that timeline, if you're, you know, a student or something, you, you know, or if you're, you know, not, not planning on staying in the area, it might, it might not make sense to people. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So there was, I was thinking of something else as well when it was, uh, when we were talking about ownership, but I'll, I'll piece that to the side for now. Um, what is something you can tell me that was a great challenge for you as a landlord, whether it was paperwork or repairs or evicting a tenant? What would you say was one of your greatest challenges? Okay, greatest challenges. 
Yeah, mentally, physically, whatever. When when I say that, whatever comes to your mind, you know. Um, honestly, remaining compassionate during an eviction. Um, yeah, the person who used to live in this tent in this unit, um, essentially her mental health deteriorated and her physical health followed, and she blamed the physical health on a mold issue that turned out not to exist. Hmm. Uh, the end result was me forgiving three months of unpaid rent uh, in agreement for her to vacate. Yeah. And that, as far as landlords, like, so that's kind of the good situation as far as, like, th- this is, like, not the best realistic scenario, but that's yeah. one of the one, them. Yeah. Um, And, you know, but but also I spent 400 bucks on a, uh, on, on a mold, uh, um, investigation it was it was like this the guy came in took air samples and looked at things and you know so then i had a report saying he saw dust everywhere but there was no indication or results for mold and i was able to document and show all of this but it doesn't matter like the end result is i have someone who's refusing to pay me rent that i have to and um she was able to find a new place and she had the funds to do so since she hadn't been paying me and but, but like, you know, I can't treat this person as evil despite the fact that she's actively screwing me over because, yes. like, you know, it, it, it's it, – it, she thinks I'm evil and <laughs> I don't know. It, it's, I, I understand where she's coming from. Yeah, 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 yeah. 1,000%. And, um, and that's something I can relate to as far as, like, in my experience, uh, let's just say fucking with Bud, you know what I mean? Like, you give somebody – say you give somebody an ounce or I give someone an ounce and it's, like – like it's a it's a weird example, but here I'll tie it in. Um, so I'm giving someone an ounce on the cuff on a front so that they can make an extra fifty to a hundred dollars and buy their kids something on the weekend that they have them because they only have them on the weekends. Let's use that as, as an example. Um, and then you know they a few I'm not, I'm not sure how long your example was, but say a few a few days or maybe a week or two in. They come back to me like, hey, man, this uh, this isn't really what I expected. It's not as good as I thought it was or it's not giving me the return that I that I was hoping for. Um, so I I feel entitled to pay you less than I owe or <laughs> not at all. You know what I mean? And then there there comes a situation that it's like, OK, you're actively burning me, but you're also demanding compassion because you like you're aware of the situation. You know what I mean? Where it's like, it's like, you know that I know what you're going through, but I'm still trying to be compassionate and help you. And now you're burning me. And so where does it end? You know what I'm saying? And, and I agree. I'm, I'm on the same page where with you, where it's like, I can't afford to be evil in this situation because where does that take us? You know what I mean? Like that takes us down a rocky road and as a landlord and as someone who's trying to provide people with stuff, it's like, you don't want to be that guy who wants yeah, to, to be, be that guy. guy. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so yeah, that's something I could definitely empathize and sympathize with where it's like, dude, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to provide a service that I believe to be very fair and equitable for us both. And now that you're burning me, it really fucking sucks. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, and it's always those that you, you go out of your way to, to help them. And then it's, it's suddenly you're still somehow the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, a simple, it's not the same as yours. Excuse me. This it's like obnoxious because it's objective. They could have looked at it then. They, they could have, even if it's like a few days later, yeah. but, but then like return it or something. It's yeah. not like I didn't like, like, like that's, that's just 
So many different layers of shitty. <laughs> I, I had a situation where I sold someone, this was a decade ago. I sold someone a an as-is computer because I knew it had this issue and this issue and this, but he needed this from it. And then, and I was like, I'll give it to you for this price. Because it was like half the price of the part he needed from the machine, even though that machine wasn't worth that. Yeah. But I didn't want to have to take it out to be like, here you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he, and then uh, he was like, sure, no problem. And then started arguing, and then negotiated on it based on some of the issues with that machine uh-huh. that I hadn't for- mentioned. But were entirely unrelated to that. To, to, like, it was, it was like a few of the keys didn't work when I was selling him a solid state drive. Was, was 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 essentially what yeah, this was going yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, but it was we, we I had acknowledged this is a parts machine. I had I don't know, it's people trying to change the deal afterwards. Yes. Is the most frustrating thing. So frustrating. And, and it's it's but it's always it's the same kind of personality types. It's yeah. It's, it's they're always the people who will ask for something more up front. Yes. Or ask for oh you can't do it a little less or I thought we were homies. I love that one. It's right. Like, dude, it's a little oh, emotional. Come on, bro. I thought I was your bro, bro. You're going to do that to me? It's like, bro, if you were my bro, you'd be paying me extra. Right. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So cool, cool, cool. Um, I have a couple other things on here. Um, so it's, it's something that I... Some, I, I've never really experienced this. The closest I can say that I've ever experienced to this was um, fearing that I'm going to get laid off or lose my job. So it's not even anywhere close to this. But still, I will ask, um, is being a landlord now and you're no longer renting, have you ever felt you know, a little anxious or fear of, oh, shit, I might lose my house or I could possibly lose my house? Um, has that ever crossed your mind? Uh, so, not not yeah. in the past. So so no, never never really losing my house. The yeah. closest was so I moved out of here, out of my building in 2017. I moved in with my ex fiance, and uh, we had a messy breakup, and uh, they rebounded to uh, the person we were renting a room from. Mm. And uh, I was certainly quite worried about losing where I was living right then. Mm-hmm. It was actively happening, but. I found a few rooms to rent within a few days of needing to. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, but these units were rented out. I couldn't move back into my spaces back yeah. then. And uh, it was, so I was a little bit concerned, but realistically, no, it, it buying, buying a house I, I, uh, has, has given me, you know, I've always got a place to come back to at some level or another. Yeah. The worst realistic scenario is I had to evict someone to move in. Mm. And, you know, I, I was trying to avoid that and it made sense to avoid that because I could just rent a room. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, it, 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 it is a difficult situation to, you know, uh, I, I, I never have to actually worry about that anymore. Yeah. You have you have a sense of security. Yeah. From, from it. I've also got what's called a, a homestead on this, which is essentially just a legal protection that this building can't be sued away from me because it is my primary residence. Nice. Which is uh, one of the reasons I recommend getting a income as your primary residence. Hmm. Okay. You know, it's, yeah, I didn't know. It's, I didn't, I've never heard the term. Yeah. Uh, there's something, it's some, it's some like homestead act or something. It's, it's, but it's just, you know, your primary, if it is your primary residence, it, you know, it, that, so it's worth acknowledging that, you know, 
we are protected from from like it is a like landlords can be protected from losing their home in the same way you know a landlord goes broke 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 they can keep their property uh tenant can they can get evicted i see okay it's worth acknowledging that that's also at the end of the day and and this isn't everyone you know i'm a if i'm a if i'm a commercial landlord with four properties and a a house out in shrewsbury that house is protected none of those properties yeah yep 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 okay Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was a that was a good answer. Thanks. Education, education, folks. We're not just talking about our lives. We're educating. Trying. <laughs> okay. So, as far as topics go, uh, running a little thin. So I think a good place next to go is: Do you have any fun, horrific, hilarious um, <laughs> stories that you could tell us? Uh, from whether it's your tenant or something that you went through uh, through the process of landlording, um, anything you'd like to share that you feel like the listeners would appreciate? I mean, there's a bunch of different topics we should do whole episodes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I know. So let's 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 start with something simple and, and hilarious. How about the the hospital bed that flew? I was to, thinking about that. <laughs> so, Hamilton Street. The yeah. Other so so this morning, some an internet friend who I, I don't remember which state she lives in, but like out west, yeah, messaged me a link to someone on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, who said, "Is this your?" She, anyways, it's still fucking going viral. It was <laughs> that video to the tune of Downtown. Yeah. <laughs> like right like so so it was like going across hamilton street as, so the, it was it was perfect um anyway so yeah uh that that video going viral it, it has like 300 in something thousand views on facebook four different news companies reached out to me about it um it, it's sort of actually a, a a difficult so so um that uh the person in that stretch it, it's kind of the, the funny part is that like five different agencies that reached out to me out of like two or three of them were like, Hey, so we just want to know like what happened here because we don't want to like post it. If something bad happened. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, well, I don't really know. Uh, my tenant does occasionally go to the, go to, uh, medical, dental, medical, medical appointments like this. Uh, I don't think it was anything serious, but I don't know. Yeah. That was that day. Turns out like he was being brought to the hospital and dying of cancer. Oh no. I mean, it was lung cancer and like from smoking for like, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's overall actually kind of a sad thing. Um, but I didn't know that at the time and none of them knew it. And now it's gone fucking viral. Yeah. And, uh, to the student of, and and, and, like, literally this was like four or five months ago and it is still going around TikTok and people are being like, Hey, isn't that your car? I haven't had that car for, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, and, uh. So so the it was great because when I posted it like the uh, the truck operator in that video the, the person who drove up like seconds after it went up with a uh, a uh, a crane deli- a, sorry a a uh, tow truck delivering a crane uh, t- uh sorry flatbed with a crane on it pulled up like seconds after it went across the intersection the the guy who was driving that found the post on Facebook and commented on it. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and uh, and someone else uh, who had, had uh, driven by, like been on the road right before, saw it. It yeah. was it, the the fascinating part about this for me is honestly how many different people who were in that like four second thing yeah. were able to come together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, like like it was just I don't know. The world is such a fucking small place. Yep. But yeah, it got picked up by ten different news sites uh, in, in seven different cities, uh, and uh, is is still going viral on TikTok. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I, I was, you know, wondering whether or not I should post that at first, but it was, the, the, the best part is I actually saw it happen. I heard a commotion outside. I'm like, what's going on? And I pick up my phone and I watched it happen on the, on the video. <laughs> it's like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it was, I, I, I was, I, I like, I, I saw it happening and I, I, I was like, nah, that thing's not going to go that far. Like I saw it moving yeah, a little bit. Um, no, so I, I actually about that. I reached out to, um, so I reached out to the to the to the EMTs, um, apologetically. I didn't actually like. I, I was yeah, like, "Look, yeah, guys, yeah. I'm hoping no one got fired over this." <laughs> uh, so I reached. So, so so there were two people in the video: the person who who uh, who put it there, and then the the other person who uh, didn't who, who was like, "Oh yeah, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it." <laughs> that person was the one I reached out to and he took zero not just took zero accountability he bullshitted his way through it <laughs> I, I, got, I got to go find this screenshot like the, the dude was outright like yeah we shoved it into the grass and put the blocks and did this and I'm like bitch like the video's viral but I'm the one who took the video like don't you're gonna like right right exactly like this is not like and uh and and I rescinded my apology, and it was it. And then he blocked me. It was actually kind of perfect. Um, it was I. I was honestly a little like like complete deflection of accountability. And I'm like, I wasn't even like accusing you of yeah, anything here. I just wanted to make sure you're okay. Yeah. No, that that was great. Uh, so so another amazing. So so I uh one of the things I love as a landlord is having security cameras everywhere. So like okay. I can see Hamilton Street at any time of the day. And it, it's great for people watching. Uh, the best way to enjoy a snowstorm is, like, with a nice hot cup, a hot chocolate spiked with uh, whipped cream vodka, and then watching Hamilton Street on a TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, just, like, you know, there's people skidding by every now. Anyways. Um, <laughs> so, uh, we, the house across the street burned down, uh, like, uh, four or five months ago. Mm-hmm. I posted a time lapse of that. Like, from, like, three minutes before it even started smoking to, like, everyone going out and the fire department showing up. And, you know, that's a perspective they don't usually see. Yeah. So one of my friends was like, hey, can I share this to some firefighter friends? This is fucking cool. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So he does. And they realize there's this weird fucking comet thing going across the screen halfway through the thing. Mm-hmm. It was Falcon 9, one of the uh, uh, SpaceX's flights. Oh, shit. Yeah. Happened at the same... Like, it was... So it was just above the sky... Uh, we, we have to include the links for these things in, Definitely, uh, yeah. in the, 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 the notes for this podcast. For, for sure, sure, for sure, yeah. If people want to see that. Yeah. I want to see that shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I took a separate video. Uh, I, I downloaded it and you can actually see separately. It's, it's it, it, you know, it looks alien, but it, uh, it timed up with a SpaceX's flight. <laughs> That's crazy dope. Yeah. That's dope. That's dope. So uh, definitely strongly recommend security cameras. I, I kind of yeah. feel that uh, security, like, like locks only really keep honest people honest. Like, yeah. you know, I have a nice security NFC lock on my front door, but large glass windows right next to it. That yeah. lock is not going to stop anyone who wants to get into my house. Exactly. Yep. Um, but cameras keep dishonest people accountable. Yes. Yep, yep, and even even renters, man, I would recommend. Oh yeah, cameras for renters because you never you never know. Especially you... with like Nest and Wise these days, like mm-hmm. you can get a thirty dollar NFC like wireless enabled the camera that's good. Yeah, that's decent. Seven twenty, and even if it's not seven twenty four eighty, like you're you, you, as long as you can capture most. Being able to see what is happening is such a huge peace of mind. 
massive peace of mind. Yes. But but also, what happened? You know, if something yeah. goes wrong and you want to be like, okay, play back eight hours. Uh-huh. Just being able to, I don't know. When when I uh, what I tell people who are trying to to do a, a budget security system is like, look, get one or two good cameras wherever you're going to get a face shot. And the rest, all you really need is to see what happened. Yeah. Like, this is corroborating someone's story. You're not you're, you're, you're not trying to get a, a license plate from your living room camera. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to see their freaking fingernails yeah. when they're <laughs> brunching to your stuff. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Dope. Dope. Um, so we're creeping on 48 minutes. Um, is there anything you wanted to share um, from your perspective on the topic? Um... I, becoming a landlord was one of the best decisions of my life, um, partially because it has enabled me to do so many other things. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like just, you know, not, uh, honestly, uh, it is something I, I would strongly recommend if it's something you're able to, but, uh, if it's not something you're able to, it's something you should still see about doing with friends yeah. uh, over the next like one of the, one of the benefits of the way our society is crumbling is everyone recognizing like like never mind polyamorous relationships the amount of people like there are going to be mortgages structured for three to five parties yes uh, all over the place for mm-hmm. the next you know in the next five ten years that's going to be huge I agree as soon as those start picking up get one with your friends because as soon as it, it remember when solar was big. Yeah, and like once solar programs were available, everyone, every other agency was cashing in on them. Yeah, that's what's going to happen with this. There mm-hmm. are going to be, you know, as soon as there are any federally funded uh, multi buyer programs, yeah, that allow three people to buy a three family house easily. Yeah, those are going to. So, I, I, unfortunately, right now that is still really difficult. Yeah. even if you have three people who have good credit, decent jobs, and one of them has sufficient down payment for a house. Even if you have all of that, it is still not guaranteed that you're going to be able to then buy a property. Yep. Just because the banks want to then look through three different people's credit history and everything yeah. else. And oh man, you give me a headache just thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> but, but as soon as as soon as it's more like that's the other thing, you can look for owner financing. Three people want to buy a house from one person who wants to sell a house. That is a conversation that can happen. Yes, yes, and and I, I'm glad you bring that up because. I mean, you're a prime example, too, of of it working, you know what I mean? Owner financing and, and dealing directly with people. And I think um, it goes it goes hand in hand with your lifestyle, too. You being a landlord, you know, where you have all these projects and you're um, you're self-employed. Yeah. So being a landlord helps. But also the idea of where we're both somewhat customer service based. Yeah. And we understand that dealing with people like dealing with. Like going straight to the manufacturer is always going to be better than going to the distributor. Yeah, you know what I mean. Whether whether they're a dick bag or not, you know what yes. I'm mean? saying. So in a business sense, it's it's it makes way more sense. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's that's it. All right, folks. I think uh, I think that wraps it up for us here. And on our next episode, we will be interviewing Danny on fatherhood. Hey, hey catch, catch you guys, you guys later. later.